One of the things I love the most about hosting the Live Free Experience is time and time again, having the opportunity to help spread the message of those who have influenced and impacted my life greatly and creating a platform for these individuals to further spread their message, spread their energy, spread their knowledge, um, spread the awareness of what they're up to in the world. And today's episode is one of those episodes that I have been sitting on and have been so, so eager to share with the world because of the impact that this individual has had on me and my work and my business and how I show up in the world. So today I'm chatting with one of my mentors, Jack Murray. Now, I first connected with Jack way back in, I believe, 2015. Um, I took a major leap of faith and invested an amount of money which at the time was just beyond my level of comprehension at that point and got myself across to Bali to work with him and Aaron Whitnish um, in creating and moving towards the business and the life of my wildest dreams. And what I got from those three days working with Jack and Aaron has paid for itself over and over and over and over and over again. And um, Jack is someone who whose work I support so heavily. I, I really cannot speak highly enough of this man, of what he stands for in the world, um, of his vision in the world. And, you know, truth be told, and this is why it's, it's particularly exciting for me to actually share this podcast um, Jack Murray is the man behind the Live Free Movement's name, the Live Free Experience. This very podcast would not be named what it is without Jack's input. Um, he was the man who, you know, when, when I was struggling to come up with the name for the business, um, you know, sitting in that room with Jack and Aaron, Jack walked out, uh, walked out of the room, sat down, had to meditate, came back in, looked me in the eye and said, the Live Free Movement, and it was like, boom, that's it. And then from there, the Live Free Movement, the Live Free Experience, the Live Free Academy all unfolded until we have what we have today, which is the umbrella of the Live Free Group, the Live Free Brand. So Jack is someone who every time I speak with him, every time I connect with him, I learn something new from. He is a man who... Um, is so committed to service. He is a man who is so committed to educating. And in, in fact, even editing this podcast, I was sitting there taking notes. So I highly recommend to those of you listening that you have your notebooks at the ready. Jack is a get shit dunner. But beyond that, he is also someone who teaches a new way of, of doing entrepreneurship. He is, a, he is someone who first open my eyes up to the fact that as an entrepreneur, it doesn't have to be a grind. It can be fun. It can be, um, it can feel like freedom. You can live the life of your wildest dreams and make a shit ton of money. You can live a life of freedom. You can live a life of, um, you know, feeling carefree and whatnot and 
have a successful business. So I do want to make a quick apology. Uh, there's a couple of moments where the audio is a little bit funny. Uh, I said last uh, uh, on last week's episode that I was playing around with a couple of different um, um, settings uh, in the recording process, which you know, like during the practice run came across fine, but listening to it on, uh, you know, in the production process, not so great. So I do, I do apologize for that. I apologize to Jack and the listeners. Um, we kick off this episode with Jack discussing his work with the Australian Institute of Coaching and his partnership with the incredible Aaron Whitnish, who, by the way, um, I'm looking forward to having joined me on the podcast in future episodes. But without further ado, episode 89 of the Live Free Experience podcast, joined by the incredible Jack Murray and yours truly, your host, Brianna Bowley. Let's get this show on the road. So what happened was we started AIC, the Australian Institute of Coaching, back in late 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, And we worked together all the way up to 20. I was actually, I was a bit of a shorter period all the way up to 2014. We had a bit of a break and then we kicked things off again. So as an I, what we tend to do, like every great entrepreneur, is we tend to break up for a little while, go and find ourselves, explore, grow, and then we're like, dude, I've got some really cool things to show you. What do you have that you can show me? And then we share because what happens otherwise is we tend to enable each other. As and I know when it's time to break up so we can come back together to share. And the the challenge is if you're spending so much time with a business partner, you just become so much like each other. And and thinking the same. That's right. You stop growing. You stop challenging each other. And then it's time to break up. So as and I don't consciously go, hey, it's time to break up. (laughs) But we decide that we go, hey, okay, let's do our own thing for a little while. Let's keep this thing going over here because as and I have had the same clients for nearly four years now. So we just keep on servicing our same clients. But when it comes to new clients, we do things separately. But there will always be a time um, where we could be tomorrow. It could be 12 months from today that as will either call me or I'll call as and he'll say, Jack, I'm... I'm ready, let's explore what else we can do. And then I'll check in or I'll say the same thing to Az. I'll say, hey, I'm ready to explore working together again. Um, What can we do together? So it's a bit like you and... My business partner. Your business partner. Yeah, Bridie, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, And what what I've found is that the best way to do business with each other is non-exclusive partnerships. Yes. Because when you're exclusive, you block yourself off off to other opportunities. So what I mean by that is if you are working with um, a client and they're really good at their craft, you can do an offer with them in the future. But what happens is if you have this policy of, okay, I only work with As or I only work with Brighty, it starts to block off anybody else because... Different clients like different flavors. So somebody that might not like as an I, they might like as and somebody else. And that works for them. Or they might see an offer in a different way, in a different perception. So our goal is, is how can we combine energies 
to put on really good offers. So the marketplace is captivated and we have their attention. Yeah. Um, and as and I constantly go through these cycles, but when we feel like it's time, we will do that and say, okay, and, you know, we're actually getting to that stage now. We'll say, hey, what have you learned? What have I learned? And how can we go back to the market um, as an evolved partnership? I love that idea. Yeah. So to give you a bit of insight, Bridie and I both run a... We've, we've got the academy together, the Live Free Academy, and then we've got a separate kind of, you know, she runs a cattle station and all these other crazy, you know, businesses which are totally left a field of what we're doing. Um, and as I was mentioning to you on the way up here that, uh, you know, Lauren and I recently did yes. some work together and whatever else. And so I love that idea of, yeah, just um, different clients being attracted yes. to different flavours. That's right. I've actually never thought about it in that way. Yes. So, yeah. And I... I was observing you and Lauren, I observed all of my previous clients and all of my future clients. I've already made my decision on who a future client is because I want to draw them in because I can see a values alignment. And I saw you and Lauren combining your energies and your powers. And when you set a day, you start to find photos. I saw photos coming out of the woodwork. I saw content coming through and I went, wow, that's someone really utilizing the model that as an I like to teach. It's, it's somebody that is you, because your, your responsibility is to use your resources with clients, with um, photos, with any of these resources you have to bring them to market. But the challenge is most of the stuff's like on your computer or on your phone and it's not shared enough. Yeah. And when you say, hey, here is an offer, because the challenge in today's social media is people are just sharing uh, content, but they have no offer attached to that. It is really reckless to just keep on sharing information because what you're really saying to people is, oh, I'm a content creator, um, come and consume my stuff, and if you like me, just like my stuff. It seems really silly to me. Yeah. Why wouldn't you say, hey, if you vibe with what I have, come and work with me? Mm-hmm. What really happens is you train people to be consumers or buyers, and I want my people that come and work with me to see one post and to come and buy. Yeah. I don't want them to come and consume my social media all the time because I have almost no commitment to social media. My sole commitment is to my clients because each time I shift gears onto my social, my clients start to suffer. So what I tend to do is I focus the majority, meaning 90% of my energy on my current clients and they go back to the market and sing my praises and say, hey, have you worked with Jack? Have you worked with As? These guys actually look after their clients and they're my marketing vehicle. It's a bit like you. We first worked with each other in 2015. And then we worked for a second round with each other in 2017. And because of that, we have formed a bond and a great relationship. We can see each other once every two years, and it's like we never left the room. And the reason that is, is because we, the, the, the thing about it is we've done that because we're not a, it's not about social media. Yeah. It's about, okay, in the real world, the tangible, visceral world, what is our relationship? But I found that most people are living an Instagram life on Instagram. But when you look behind the scenes, 
You're like, dude, your life is fucking terrible. Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Because my life is Instagram, but I don't do Instagram. I don't live my life for Instagram. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, I catch myself at times. It's like the photo's not perfect. The light's not right. Mm -hmm. And... You, you miss the moments that you're going for. Where you choose where you're eating out just for the Instagram. Just for the gram, you're focusing on where you're eating out. You're choosing your table. And at some stage, the market needs to pull themselves in and go, oh, okay, what's real? And what's real is clients doing really good work with their clients, getting them great results in efficient manner, in an efficient manner. And creating long-term relationships rather than this surface-level bullshit that happens because most people don't know where to focus. They think that, that the currency is how many likes or how many followers you have on Instagram, when the real currency, in my view, is how deep and how long have you worked with your clients. Because I could tell you how great you are as a mentor, as a coach, by just asking, hey, how many of your clients come and work with you longer than their initial payment? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just sponging this. Yeah, up. sure. I get it. Okay, can we um, can we kind of like hit reverse all the way back to the beginning? Sure. Because I know you've done a whole bunch of work with Grant Cardone and some yeah. pretty epic names out there. Yes. Can you run us through like what, what did get you into the marketing stuff? Like what was your timeline? Yeah. So... I started my journey at a Tony Robbins event. Okay. Um, that was in 2008. Yeah. Um, 2008, I knew that I had to make some changes. The reason I knew I had to make some changes is because I wasn't living up to my potential. Can I ask what you were doing before? Yeah, sure. Before that, I was a truck driver. Oh, okay. So, I, so my dad was a truck driver and he owned a furniture company, so a transport removalist company. And it's the best work I've ever done. Um, if it, the, the, quite frankly, if I could, if I was to choose work based on work and not on income, mm -hmm. that's the work I'd be doing. Yeah, cool. Because naturally, I'm a guy that likes to work, and there's there's nothing more honest than a hard day's work. And this is why. This is why I think it's so important, and I think every entrepreneur should go and do hard labor. What they should not do is sit on Instagram thinking they're going to become a success when they don't know what work is. Yeah. So th there's always going to be a transition period for every coach, consultant, or mentor. You just don't arrive at success. So in t what happened for, for me is um, we were a, a transport company in a place called the Southern Highlands. So a place called Barrel and Mossvale, it's, it's best known for Sir Donald Bradman. Um, he used to live down there. Now, we, because it's quite an affluent area, we focus on the high end in that area. And this is how I got into high end, because I think it's better to really service a great client, one that's willing to pay, one that takes you seriously, and one that's a client that expects for you to turn up powerfully because they're paid for you in a, a significant amount. So where 
the the other removalists, let's say a, a Sydney removalist, they in, in those days and still today, which is quite scary, they may have charged anywhere from uh, let's say eighty five all the way to a hundred dollars per hour for two men in a truck. We charge anywhere from one hundred and forty to one hundred and sixty, so nearly double what they would charge. And what that done was we'd only attract a certain kind of client. And what it meant is, you know, the, the, we'd move antiques, we'd move pianos, but everything came at a cost. It, it was a higher price, meaning we could do a better job for a client, meaning that they would leave um, us better tips, and they'd also be much easier to work with because they're a professional in their own life. I think the majority of problems in any business's life, meaning a coach, consultant, or any service-based business, you, if you're a professional, usually comes down to you not having high enough prices to attract other professionals into your life. That's when problems start to arise. Um, so after that came the Tony Robbins, because I only knew what I knew back then, and I knew that if I wanted to create more success and if I wanted to actually evolve as a person, I, I had to actually start to study other successful people. Now, we've all heard this narrative before. I had to study other successful people. But for me, it was I just did not feel great about who I was. And I was, it just made sense to me. School never made sense at all. I was always a rebel at school. And I was always the guy that was that would ask the question, why? Yeah. Like, if you can tell me how this is relevant in the real world, I'm super interested. Meaning, when I was in year 7 and year 8 and they put algebra in front of me and they had those big textbooks and they had an unengaged teacher at the front of the room... And I could see no passion in them. There was no energy. And they didn't care about me. And it's not that I didn't care about them. They, they didn't form a, a, a connection with me. Yeah. You've almost lost me from the beginning. Yeah. And then you put a textbook in front of me and say, learn this. Yeah. And, then I, and then I need to ask the question, why? And even from a young age, ask the question, why is this? How is this relevant? And what happened is in year 10... Um, business studies came out. Yep. Engaged. Yep. I was ready. That made sense to me because business made sense. So getting back onto to Tony Robbins, what happened during that stage is I finally met somebody that I could learn from that was actually speaking in a way that made sense to me. Learning from other successful people was just, it made sense because I was like, ah, oh, so I can model success and I can take what they've done and replicate it and do the same thing. It wasn't that easy. I think after you go to a Tony Robbins event, um, you know, you, you think you're going to, it's going to be like a 12-month process and then you're going to arrive. But it's been 10 years and I still haven't arrived. Yeah. And I never will. Yeah. And I don't plan to, because every level I have hit opens up a new level. Opens up a new level, yeah. totally. Yeah. And I've never spent any longer than like ten minutes at one level. I soon, as soon as I arrive, 
my brain can't handle staying there. It's like, okay. And, and, and then I go into this massive research mode. I'm a big researcher. Yeah. Um, I think it's irresponsible not to research everything that's interesting to you in the age we're in when, you know, if, if I'm sure if, even if we weren't in the age, in, I'd be, age we're in, I'd be picking up the encyclopedia yeah. and researching it that way. Yeah. Although I find that most, most don't research what's relevant and they spend most of their time focusing on the irrelevant. And for me, that, that sort of drives me nuts because I'm like, I'm, I, I'm massive on relevancy. I'm like, as soon as you can tell me why something's relevant, I'll focus my attention on that. But for some people, you know, in the, in the beginning, you want to focus on cash flow. And then after you focus on cash flow, you need to focus on how you preserve that cash flow. Then after you focus on the preservation of cash flow, you need to understand how to multiply and invest that cash flow. Um, but unfortunately, for most coaches and consultants and business owners in general, they're just stuck in this cash flow mode. So that one of my goals with all of my clients is, hey, let's get you to preservation and then let's get you to, okay, now let's focus on the multiplication of that. Yeah. Cool. So... Um... You dropped the book on me recently. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't know you were in, the, it, were in the process of writing. Sure. Can you run us through what's, uh, what's the go with the book? So the name of the book is Million Dollar Mentor. And Million Dollar Mentor is all about how you set up a relationship with your clients. So it's a long-term relationship. The, you could say the challenge with most coaches and consultants in today's age is they're so focused on marketing they forget that if you focus on the client lifetime value of one client you can work with them for years and years and years there is no need to continually go back to market and market if you have not yet extended the lifetime of your clients um, for me, I'm disappointed when a client doesn't work with me for at least three or four years because I want them to experience me at my full capacity so they can experience their full capacity because what they can achieve in one year is usually overestimated. So my responsibility to a client is to let them know, hey, it's going to be a bit of a longer process. I can get you there faster than most, but what you want to do just doesn't happen in reality. And the, mo the biggest reason most coaches and consultants have poor and problematic relationships with their clients is because they sell into complexity. They make promises they can't possibly keep. They set, it, set up expectations that create a client to think that they're going to experience an experience or reality sooner than they could. A client will always experience the results they've worked for and are ready to receive. But the challenge with most coaches and consultants is they'll say, oh, okay, you're going to achieve some significant amount of success in a short period of time. When if a client says to me, how long are we gonna to work together? My response will be, 
um, hopefully indefinitely. That is a great response. That's a responsible response. What an irresponsible response is, is, oh, you know, hopefully after the two or three days you spend with me, you're going to be good. Yeah. So that's what the book's really about. It's responsible selling to your clients so they feel you have not betrayed their trust with overarching promises. So the result of that being those clients continue to work with you over and over and over again. And I found the best way to do that is to be super honest, a bit like our first call with your prospects, even at the cost of a sale. Because I've found that the only way I can go deep with prospects is, and for them to become clients, is through the truth. But sometimes when you share the truth with clients uh, or prospects, they don't like it. And, and that's okay too, and you'll lose some sales there, but for the long-term clients, they stay with you on an ongoing basis. Yeah. For, for the, just while I think of it, sure. uh, for the listeners' sake, where can they get a copy of the book? So, jackmurraybook.com. Beautiful. Yes. We did touch on, but I don't think we actually went there. We yes. Had a detail, yep. The Grant Cardone. Where, yes. So, you've done a lot of work with him, you yes. and Aaron. Yes. Can you run us through that journey? Yes. So, as an I um, got introduced to Grant Cardone in 2015, um, as actually introduced me to Grant Cardone, and I'm quite resistant to new mentors or um, associates because I don't want to be pulled off my track. So I think one of the, the, the biggest things most people do wrong is they don't invest wholly in a mentor and they have like multiple mentors at any one time and it, they, confuse, they confuse themselves on which direction they can go because they're pulled yeah. in each different direction. So as was like, hey, you really need to watch this Grant Cardone. And, you know, it took me six months. And he said, hey, you really need to watch this Grant Cardone. I ended up watching a live sales call of, of GC. Even in 2015, Grant was a big deal, but not as much of a big deal he is now. Yeah. It's just a great example of someone that is committed to that constant evolution. As soon as they arrive at that level, they're looking for the next one. Now, um, what actually happened is we were watching Grant Cardone's videos on Instagram and also on, on YouTube, and I was like, hey, we need to work with GC. Yeah. And it's always like the next level. It's like, okay, how can we get on these guys' podcasts? How can we surround ourselves with them? And I think everyone should be thinking this way no matter what level they're at. Yes. Like, you really should be going, how can I be in the environment of the, the heavy hitters. Mm. Now, and no matter what, because you will grow to that level. Mm. And you, you'll turn, it, you won't even grow to that level, you'll just turn up to that level because you know you'll get kicked out of the room yeah. if you play at any other level. Exactly. So it's really healthy. Like that pressure is healthy pressure. So then what we did is we started to seduce prospect seduction. Um, and like So we treated Grant like a prospect. Right, you want to seduce people into coming and working with you. So we constantly like his stuff. We constantly leave comments on his stuff. I wanted to be on Grant's mind, and then we found another contact. His producer named Rob. Rob was like the coolest guy ever. We're sending him videos 
I'm saying, Rob, it's Jack and Az here. We really want to work with you guys. How do we work with you guys? And he's like, oh, you know, Grant's really fussy on who he works with. Um, yeah, great. We want to get on power plays. Why should I let you guys on power players? So he, at, at the, the time, he's moved on since then. But at the time, Rob um, was uh, Grant's production guy. So behind the camera was Rob. Right, um, and we're watching the the Young Hustlers podcast and um, the uh, Cardone Zone podcast, and they were great. And you start to get indoctrinated, and healthy indoctrination. Some people say to me, "Oh, um, I don't want to be indoctrinated." We've all been indoctrinated, but who like who has been indoctrinating you? And um, so you start to be indoctrinated, and the, the enthusiasm of, of GC, I was like, yeah, I like this guy. I'm going to really pursue him. So we said to Rob, said to Rob what's it going to take to get us on to um, Power Players? And he goes, well, send me through your resume, send me through a video. So as and I sat there, we ended up getting the lighting. We ended up doing the whole thing, the lighting and the flash camera. Did we need any of that? No. Um, but we got it. We wanted to treat the investment seriously of time, energy, and effort. We got the suits in, yep. and we said to, um, we sat down and we said, hey, this is what we uh, want to do, and we said, hey, we started this company. We Actually, at that, stage, at that stage, we hadn't sold the company yet. Um, so we listed the, the things out that we had, had achieved, and Rob sat down with um, their CFO, um, Sherry, and Grant with our video, and said, these guys have been pursuing me for like six months now. We've got to get them on the show. And um, Grant said, well, if they're happy and committed to fly from Australia, these guys are the guys we want on our show. At that stage, we were the only Aussies to ever been on uh, Power Plays, Grant Cardone, and we were the youngest. There you go. So we were really honoured. So what happened during that stat- that time? We didn't just turn up it for the interview. We brought our own camera crew. We 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 done post uh, uh, prior to to the actual interview. We walked around Miami filming because the marketplace can feel your energy and hype. So if there's actual substance behind the hype. I want to bring as much height as I can to the marketplace. I want the marketplace to feel my energy. And back then, the whole camera walking in the street thing wasn't done all that often. Um, Gary V wasn't really even doing that then. This was before the daily Vs that Gary was doing, like in his car and walking. This was just before that. Um, not to say that he didn't give us some great ideas on that because it was leaning to that way, but we saw sort of, uh, we called it in, in that, that time, we called it lifestyle-based marketing yeah. because the whole Instagram thing um, with lifestyle wasn't taking off as much then. Yeah. So we were like, ah, oh, there's this thing that if people see your lifestyle and you can bring like some really cool content into it as you're walking with real people, that's great because back in that time, it was more like um, professional high production green screens. And, you know, you, with the green screens, they pretend they've got the, the ocean in the background and it's real high, high production. But we went high production, but the, the camera was a bit rattly and shaky. And that, tend, that really engaged 
our people a lot more. Um, at that stage, um, with our podcast, because we're doing a podcast with uh, Grant Cardone as well, um, besides Grant Cardone and their podcast, Young Hustlers, we were the number one podcast on there. Um, and that was really achieved through, uh, we're going to bring as much energy to this podcast as possible. Um, and Grant and his team really appreciated that he had two um, Aussies from Australia that were just as committed because Grant's message is about how can I let 7 billion or 8 billion people on earth know me, understand who I am, and he want, he liked that we were sharing that message as well. Yeah. Um, and it's an empowering message. How can you let more people know about this information? And I, this, that's the reason I wrote this book as well. Because what tends to happen is every... I was actually ready to put this book, this information into a book because I've only shared it with my clients for so many years. Yeah. And what happens is when you get to any new level of success, you tend to let go of the information that was allowing your ego to stay safe. Because you're like, oh, I'm going to actually share this information and not prop myself up with the information so I can feel great within myself and just with my clients. Um, instead, it's like, oh, okay, I'm now ready to give that information to everybody that can use, can use it instead of just being... It, it, starts, it starts to get to a place where you're being selfish of just holding on to the information. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons Grant um, writes books because he likes to share the, the information with so many people because you're ready to let go of the information. It's worked so well for you. And so it'll work well for others because it's worked so well for you and your clients. Yeah. But I can't write a book if it's not completely relevant. So everything in the book is just based on real world experience, not based off um, hiring some uh, ghostwriter on um, Elance or Upwork to say, oh, can you make something look cool? Yeah. Because a lot of the books out there are great titles with content that's just been repurposed for many experts. And when you read a book, you can tell. Yeah. You can go, oh, this is a person that's actually invested time into the book or there's somebody that has just, like, put something together yeah. for a, a lead magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, how long was the book writing process for you? The book writing process as time invested is about three months. Yeah. I, I, but it's been on my mind for 12. Yeah. So, um, I don't... still a, a really quick turnover. Yeah, it, well, it, it is. It could have been quicker if, if I had my choice, I would, the information would be on one page for efficiency. Yeah. That's the way I wanted the book to be. Yeah. So, how quickly can I give you the practical information that's actually going to help in your business rather than filling the book with unnecessary things because I because the second book might have more about me in it. Yeah. Because then you know I'm worthy of listening to. Yeah. But until you know Jack Murray is somebody I want to listen to, I want to give you valuable information 
and my second book, I'll go into more about me, but you're, you're going to, what, what I like about a book as well is you will, you will understand that the book's really about values. It's like, what are the values of a high-end, a professional mentor so your clients continually invest in you? So I share my values throughout the book. Yeah. However, I don't go into my story because this book wasn't about me. Yeah. It's about who it's going to help. Um, and one day I'll um, write a book on story, yeah. which, will be, which will have to be much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So you've, we've mentioned a couple of times the, the process of continuously up-leveling sure. and at the moment you get to that level for you, you're, you're looking already for, you know, to kind of uh, crack the glass ceiling Absolutely. on that and step up to the next. Yeah. What is, excuse me, the process for you that has you, like how do you continue to maintain to, to step it up? Yeah, so I think the biggest challenge people have in actually increasing their success in life is misalignment. Mm -hmm. So if you're misaligned internally, mm -hmm. you are going to pursue opportunities mm -hmm. that are not a match for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in relationships that are not aligned with you and don't Bring out your best. You're going to be living in a place that doesn't allow you to grow as much as you should. Now, I, I'm big on what I call soul alignment because unfortunately we're in a market where most words don't match actions. So most people will spend more time creating a Facebook post that makes their life look great yeah. rather than working on their life. So I think as a mentor, it is your responsibility and your duty to do everything you can in your life to turn up powerfully for your clients. Now, what that means is before you arrived today, I had to go for a workout um, before, before yesterday, I had to go and get a haircut, so I was fresh and I was ready. But the challenge is, I've found that most people don't really look after themselves all too much. So if you feel great in a suit, you should spend money on the suit or the new clothes. Yeah. If, if you feel great doing yoga or massage every day, you should do those things. Because these are the, the things that make you feel great about yourself so you can pursue that next level. Yeah. But the challenge with that is, is it's not sexy. And I, But I'd rather say, hey, why don't you focus on what makes you feel great about yourself? Because when you feel great about yourself, you're naturally going to post really cool things on Instagram. But I'd rather live. Uh, I've I found that everyone, everyone meaning um, some, I, I don't mean that in absolute terms, but I've found that a lot of the marketplace is living for Instagram when they should just live an interesting life. Mm. And if you lived an interesting life, you would be so much more fulfilled that you just naturally want to fucking post on Instagram. Yeah. 
Like, if you feel any anxiety about posting on Instagram, you, you are doing something wrong. Like, I'm just, I'm going to say why you're doing something wrong is because you're valuing something that, that really, you, you think that, that, that your likes and followers value. Maybe, possibly, yeah, I get it. Maybe I'm a bit old school, but have they actually invested in you? It seems to me like a one-way street. It's like, okay, so you come up with all this content, you do all the work, you make sure you get all your, everything uh, working in your life, but if someone doesn't buy and invest in you, really invest in themselves, I've got a question, hey, how is that, where's the energy? Like, it, where is the reciprocating energy? When my clients come and work with me, the investment is just the initial buy-in. They've got to continually invest with time, energy, effort. Um, just like with me, I continually invest with time, energy, and effort. My best clients will continually gift me, continually take me out to restaurants. But for most mentoring relationships, there is a sense of entitlement. Yeah. It's like, oh, I gave you some money, so now I fucking own you. No. Your client, if your client gives you money, they've just put their chips on the table. They've just they've they've aligned with their they've aligned their actions through money, but that's just like the very beginning. And I've found that if you can continually allow your clients to reciprocate to you as much as you reciprocate to them, you have a healthy relationship. But this whole one way cycle relationship is very limiting so I tend to get to the other level through building on success like creating a really solid foundation on values on standards on boundaries so I know that if I come falling flat I've got a level there of of a steadfast foundation what tends to happen is if you're actually, if you, the reason why people come and go in the marketplace is because they haven't actually created a business. They, they've marketed their way to success rather than built their way to success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's something you can feel as well. You know, you know when you're watching someone on Instagram who's speaking what they live sure. versus someone speaking what they think they need to say yes. in order to bring in the clients. Totally. And I think that's a, a big thing as well. It's like, didn't you just learn that off your mentor and you haven't lived into that yet? Yeah. yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, not to say don't go and get a mentor and learn. What I'm saying is live, lean into it. Yeah. Live it. Experience it. Yeah. Actually get some reference points for it mm-hmm. instead of pretending something's yours. When it ain't yours yet, because you haven't actually worked for it. Now, this is not a bash on Instagram. Before our conversation uh, was recorded, I was saying how much I love Instagram and how much potential I see on it. Um, I think it's the best branding platform, bar none, right now. I love that... It, I love that people can get their personal brands out there on Instagram. And, you know, I've never really experienced any trolling on Instagram. Like, it's fucking insane. Maybe I'm not doing something right. I don't know. Maybe. But I've found the difference between 
there, there is more reciprocity uh, with the marketplace on Instagram, I found, with personal brands. And I think everyone that's a coach, a consultant, a service-based business should be building a personal brand. But build a personal brand based around your values, not that mentor you saw on Instagram. That, that's the difference. And like you said, you can tell when somebody is congruent, aligned and speaking from truth, because I don't care if you started yesterday if you're speaking from truth. I'm like, oh wow, you have my respect. But if you, uh, if you've been in the game for ten years and you're not speaking your truth, I can't listen to you because you would have the same. You have this bullshit radar, and it's so finely tuned. And I don't think we're an exception to the rule. I think most people have that. And when someone's speaking with conviction and truth, and you know it's coming from within. Rather from here, yeah, you're like, yeah, I, 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 you're much more likely to invest in that. But you know, you also see on Instagram where people are, are posting quotes and things like that. It sort of works, but you need to mix it up as well. And I, I just found that if you focus on your authentic message, you are naturally going to receive more criticism for that. However, you're going to be aligned and you are going to attract your tribe of people because we're talking about Grant um, wanting to for 7 billion people to know him. I only want a very small percentage of people to know me, but what I want is for people that know me to know my values. I want them to be clear on who Jack Murray is yeah. so they can make a decision on me so they can be like, yes, I like him, or no, I don't. And I had to come up internally and be okay with that because there's this internal battle for everyone I've ever met of, okay, I want the marketplace to like me. Yeah. And you just go through stages, right? You would have experienced this many times, I'm sure. Where there are times where you're like really good in the market, and then there are other times someone may have said something, you you may have said something, it's mainly someone has said something and it's triggered something and you're you're loaded, so they've triggered you, and then you go into this spiral. And the challenge with that um, for me is I've always come out of the the other end of that spiral thinking, fuck, I wish I stayed where I was and kept pursuing it in spite of the fear and anxiety that tends to come up, um, which is mainly internal work, but the internal work's done through the external work. Yes. <laughs> um, you can't just keep doing the internal work. Yeah. 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 Actually, I love that you've touched on that because and coming sort of back to the alignment stuff, I know for me, you know, the, the business and the money and that sort of stuff wasn't super high in my values sure. list when I first, you know, yeah. created the business. For me, it was more so about the freedom that came with yes. that. And so I had this real kind of, um, what's the word? I guess this real, like, repulsion to, like, business coaches because, you know, it was, oh, well, they just care about money and yeah. whatever else. Um, and it wasn't until I started working with you and Aaron that I realised, well, actually, these two worlds kind of come together. Yes. Like, the internal 
work mm-hmm. creates the external expansion, which then sure. forces you to come back within anyway. Yes. You know, and it, and it was, I mean, one thing that you really did drive home for me when I worked with you mm-hmm. was, okay, well, let's get aligned with actually who you are. Yes. Again, rather than just like copying and pasting what yes. everyone else is saying and slightly tweaking the words. Yes. Um, and that's when I started to see the shift in my business oh. because it was, it was coming from like yes. a, a real place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember... We were in Bali at this stage, and I remember you and I agonizing over the live free movement. Like we went, that I was saying it to Grace. No one has ever resisted the process as much. Normally, we can pick a name, but yeah. you, it was amazing because you said no to a good few names, yeah. and then we got to the name, yeah. um, which we both magically just plucked out of the air, and then instantly you knew that was the name. But what's fascinating is many people can do that, but they can't run with it two or three or four years later. What is easy is to choose a name and appease me or yourself in the moment to maybe some people would feel like they're being a pain. But what's being a pain is saying something and not really living into it or really believing it. And that just showed how internally aligned you were in that moment. It's like, ah, that's that's the name. That's what I'm congruent with. And that's how life should be. It should be, oh, if, if something feels off or incongruent, there's a fucking problem. Like, you need to check in with that and do something about that. Yeah. What you should not do is accept that. Because each time you accept that thing that isn't aligned with you, you are staying at that level. You can't grow anymore. It's like you're, you're hoarding. You're, you're, you're creating this emotional hoard, hoarding about you that stacks instead of going, oh, okay, it's not aligned. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to continue on. Yeah. yeah so well huge. done with the name. <laughs> um, it's amazing that it's amazing to see that you have grown it into what it is today. And grown it into in what it is today through a foundation of values rather than tactics. Because you and I can sit here all day and talk about tactics. And I talk about tactics all the time, but I want to build tactics on a steadfast foundation of values. What I don't want to do is just give somebody tactics. And unfortunately, to the unsophisticated eye, tactics look really appealing. They, It's like, oh, wow, so you're going to give me all this stuff, all this copy and paste stuff to put into my business rather than helping someone get so in tuned with who they are that they just figure out the tactics on their own. It's much nicer. I, um, while we're talking about the Live Free movement, because yeah. I, I get a lot of people who I think they assume that you know, live free is like, oh, no responsibility. Sure. It's just, you know, go live out in the, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. jungle somewhere yeah. and meditate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's actually about going, okay, well, these are the things that I want to create in my life mm-hmm. and um, and owning those responsibilities, but then optimizing them and shifting them in a way that you can still live that quote-unquote freedom. And that was something that um, you and Aaron really opened up for me because... 
up until that point, I had it in my head that to be a business owner meant to continuously grind sure. and that it had to be this struggle. Yes. And it wasn't until you guys came in with your uh, your model yeah. where I was like, oh, fuck, okay, yeah. this can yeah. actually be really fucking easy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know? um, and that's not to say there's not responsibilities sure. and whatever else, but it's going, okay, well, again, get aligned with your values, yes. figure out how you want to make it, you know, the life look as an overview mm -hmm. And then build the business around that Absolutely. rather than, you know, kind of having the business control everything else. Wow, you're talking about this book right here. <laughs> you, you really are because what you just said then is really powerful. Most people sacrifice their life and income for their business. Yeah. My business is my servant. I'm in charge of my business. My business is not in charge of me. Yeah. I control it. It does what it's told and it gives me the freedom to do what I want to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, for most people, their business is in charge of them. Their business leads them, dictates their terms, tells them where they should be and shouldn't be. What is a much more healthy way of doing is like what you've done and just ask yourself the question, what would I like to do? Like, what would you really like to do? Because some people say, oh, I don't like... Instagram or Facebook, so I can't do that. No, you don't need Instagram or Facebook to do that. If you don't want to do that, just don't do it. It's, it really is that simple. There are many other ways to get to the outcome. And I mentioned this um, off camera here. Um, you are on your way to, to Queensland now, um, your relocation. Congratulations, great spot. Um, what I love about that is... You're maximizing the opportunity as you travel through the East Coast. And I think that's so powerful because that's the model we teach. The model we teach is the, the reason we, this all aligns today is because you're so in line with your model and I'm so in line with my, my model. It just worked because I only sent off the first copy of this today. Wow. And I didn't want to have the interview until that was done. There you go. Because... That was my focus. Does that make sense? Yeah. And until that was done, I was like, I don't really want to go on the podcast. But I didn't even need to say that yeah. because we were so aligned with what we we're doing. I would have done the podcast because it's you, of course. But I was like, I was saying the grace, I just want to make sure the book's done so I have that ready yeah. to read because I want to give you a copy, of course. And I was saying, okay, but it was funny. Everything just works yeah. in harmony. Yeah when you go from that aligned place. And the, the thing about it is people want to talk about tactics and strategies for attracting clients when I'd rather be a magnet for clients. Yes. And when you have those values and you, and you, you have a model that you can... A, the, a good thing about a good business model, it's something... It's like a governance system. It's like something you abide by that keeps structure within your business. And... The, the, what I love about that is what really we, a model is made up of principles. It is made up of your values. It's made up of your boundaries and it's made up of your standards. When you encompass all of these into a model, you know how to make decisions much easier and you know how to communicate with your audiences much easier because what, what tends to happen is Somebody hears something that sounds great and then they do it and it doesn't work for them and they go, why didn't that work? And then they end up 
giving up almost. But when you're fully aligned, things come to you much easier. And I think you've been a testament to that throughout the years because I'm continually observing my clients um, and seeing what they're up to because for me, it's this butterfly effect. I can see the, the... the waves they're creating throughout their own clients, and I get satisfaction from that. Um, maybe egotistical, but that's a, a for me that's a driver because I know with my clients, you never know who you have in the room. I always treat my clients just as important as each other. No one's more important. No one's less important. I don't have favorites. That's not how. That's not how my. That you don't pay for me to have favorites. You pay for me to give everyone the same amount of information. In the same way, but when you see them impacting their clients, that's when you go, "Wow, you, your job's done." Because my job's not done when we come up with a business name. Yeah. My job's not done when we say goodbye in Bali, and you go, "Jack, that was such a great experience." Yeah. It's done when I see you, um, your clients, writing to you saying that was impactful. Then I go, "That that means more to me than my client saying it to me." Because I go, wow, that that's um, you're, you're paying it forward then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I just say, you said there about how you didn't want to do the podcast yes. until the book was uh, ready. Yes. Really funny because I uh, I assume that you'd be more central sure. uh, in Sydney. Yes. I've been staying in Cronulla. Yes. Um, and after this, I'm heading out to the central coast. I'm pointing in this direction, but yes. I actually have no sense of direction. Um, I'm heading out to, yeah, the central coast. So I sort of, when you told me, where you were, I'm like, oh, sure. I don't want to kind of head in and then head, have to yes. head back out. Yep. So I lined up perfectly because it's literally, oh, when, you, when you told me Friday, I'm oh, like, that's really? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So there's a lot of <laughs> and, and, and it really is. And um, it, I, we just knew it was going to work, didn't we? Yeah. And even today, um, you didn't shoot me a message to say, hey, just checking in, we're still on. We'd already come up with our time. And that's when you know... You're with the right people. Yeah. You don't need to check in and say, is this still happening? Yeah. It's like you were right on time. And all of these things just work. Um, and if it didn't work, I'd ask myself the question why. In the sense, I wouldn't make it, I wouldn't, but it, it, because if it didn't work here, it probably wouldn't have worked all those years ago. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And because your clients are always creating space in their own world to come and work with you. That's what they're really doing. So when a client says yes to coming working with you, what they're really saying is, okay, I'm creating this energy and this emotional space to align everything, to put my focus on you. So your responsibility as a mentor is to make sure you're aligned, to make sure you can focus on them. And when I say aligned, I'm not deluded to the fact that I'm misaligned at times. Yeah. I'm constantly in misalignment, but I'm constantly focusing on alignment in that misalignment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that is, that's how you up-level. So the, the, you will constantly up-level to a new level of success when you constantly focus on aligning. Um, but focusing on the next cool strategy or the next cool tactic or the, that, that, that next cool person on Instagram that next influencer or focusing on me as somebody to listen to is just never going to work. So what you should really be doing is adopting a mentor, going deep with them. But I encourage all of my clients to be themselves. 
and not to be a carbon copy of me or as or anybody else because what I really want to do, a great leader is somebody that helps their clients be the most, the best version of themselves that they probably can't see yet. Yeah. And when you can help them with that, because during our first call ever, um, I could see something in you that you maybe couldn't see, and that's why I felt it was my responsibility to say, "Hey, to, to stretch you." But if you don't stretch your, if you, if you don't stretch your prospects and your clients, you do not deserve to be their mentor. Just be their friend. Yeah, you're a great friend to them. You have got lots of things in common. Awesome, but don't ask for them to invest in you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's powerful. What I wanted to ask you, um, again, we keep coming back to the levels. In your world, do you wait until you feel ready and then go, or do you go and then feel ready after you've kind of gone? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. That probably wasn't I, the most successful no, way to tell I get it. That, but yep. I get it. You're never going to be ready. Um. The, the thing about being ready is you'll grow into to that yes. person. However, if you're feeling overly comfortable about where you're at, yeah. you know you're ready for that next level. Yes. So that's a, that's a signal for me. Yeah. Now, naturally, the way I work is I'm always searching for that next level, but the, the challenge is you can't mistake the next level progress when you still haven't even fucking accomplished the first level most people are so busy trying to strive for that next level when usually i have to pull them back responsibly and say well tell me about your, your current life and then they'll and then they'll talk me through their daily routines I'll, and i'll usually say you you're not even doing the simple things yet at this level to achieve the next one so, no, you're not going to be ready, but to get, but do your best to get ready. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There was something, uh, oh, actually, this was, so the second time we worked together, uh, 2017, I think yes. it was, yeah, um, you said something to me which smacked me across the face so hard. Um, I'm trying to think what it was. It was, so where I was at at that stage in my life, to be perfectly honest, I was further along than I ever thought I'd make it. Sure, sure. And I remember sort of saying that to you because, I, again, I'd hit this point where I was super comfy. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember saying to you, yeah, you know, I never thought I'd get this far. Sure. Um, and I can't remember your exact wording, but it was basically that, you know, that level of contentment and mm -hmm. that level of like, oh, well, like I've made it is actually the very thing that's stopping me from going to the next Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was after that that I yes. went, okay, well, fuck. Like, yeah, I have made it a whole lot fur further yes. than I ever ever thought I would, but why can't I expand that even more? Yes. And absolutely. now looking back, I'm like, you know, yes. back in 2017, like, yes. yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because that there is my ego, your ego. That's our ego holding us back into safety. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that the challenge with that is as because you because you can see what you've done, but for me as a mentor, I can see your potential. Yes. Yep. 
and I'm 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 still looking at like 2023 Greg, and I'm like ah I get it. and that's the reason uh, you you and anybody else and I invest in mentors is because they see your future clearer than you do. Yes. And what you don't want in a mentor is how you would know I am not the right mentor for you in that moment is if I said, yeah, well done, congratulations. Yeah. Because in that moment, that's not what you need. Sometimes you'll need that. But in that moment where you are comfortable in this place of, I had made it for like a moment because you based it on where you had come from. I was just thinking, ah, okay, I know where you can go. And that's why your clients are investing in you. That's what we call the expert gap, right? If you don't quantify an expert gap for your clients, what the fuck are they paying you for? Yeah. Like truly, like if you can't, if, but the thing is the expert gap is not something to be contrived. Like, if you genuinely can't envision your client's uh, best interests at a better place than they are now, you're not in tune with them enough. Because on our very first call, I saw this version of you, I saw the 2017 version of you, and I see the 2020, 2023 version of you. That is so clear to me because I, I have invested in you when you invested in me. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, that's, that, that is genuine high-end mentoring. It's like, ah, oh, so you reinvest back into your clients emotionally. That's why you're not meant to have too many clients as a high-end professional. Yeah. Because you can't invest your energy into a, a whole bunch of these people um, because it's just, because otherwise you'll burn out. That quality over quantity. Very much so. Um, because I've tried the quantity. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, every time I've lowered my price to take on a new client, I've been stunned. Mm. Every time. There has not been one example that someone, let's say if someone said to me, Jack, can I get a discount? And I wrongfully agreed to that many years ago now, that has turned out to be a poor experience. Not only for that person, yeah. and but for me as well, yeah. um, because they weren't willing to pay the full price. Mm. So now, anytime somebody asks for a discount, it goes up a thousand dollars. That is the rule. Yeah, because they need to get the lesson to pay full price, and if they don't want to pay full price, there will be a surcharge on top of that. Mm. Because there's got to be a surcharge for them to get the lesson. Yeah. I think as well, uh, and this was something I really had to have drummed home in my own world to really get, but you're actually doing your clients a massive dis disservice by not charging them what you're worth. Yes. Because when they're not energetically investing that same level, um, they're not actually going to receive. You, yes. you know, they receive to the level of what they've invested. Sure. So they're not going to take everything you can offer them because yes. they don't feel like they're allowed to. You know what Absolutely. I mean? They don't, they don't feel they deserve it. Yes. Um, and I know, you know, when I started working with you and Aaron, that was the biggest, at that point in my life, that was like an unheard of financial sure. investment for yes. me. It scared the fuck out of me. I know. Right. I mean, you saw it on, yes. the, uh, <laughs> on, on the phone call. Yes. Um, 
But when I met that commitment, it was like, shit. Yes. Like, I am capable of so much more than I've sure. given myself credit, yes. you know, credit for. So, if you, I think back now, if you, if it had been different, if it had been a lesser price point, yes. if you had been, you know, flexible, sure. like that, I would have missed out on gold. Very much so. And like you said then, I would have done you a disservice in that moment. Yeah. It was said, Bree, you know what? I understand that these payments right now are stretching you, this payment stretching you a bit. How about we break it up into four installments? Would that suit you a bit more? <laughs> now, the challenge with that is I'd be setting a incredibly poor standard for what you ask your clients to do, and I'd be letting you off the hook. Now, if somebody says, hey, 5K is a walk in the park for me, I'll say, okay, well, let's bump that up by another five and let's make it 10. I want it to be a stretch. Yeah. Because if I want you to make an emotional investment, if, if 5K is a lot of money for you and you don't invest it, you're not going to ask someone else. So you need to invest what you expect from the marketplace. So at every single level, yeah. 10K, 20K, 30K, 50K, yeah. every level, if you haven't first invested that in yourself, yeah. I can assure you, you're not going to break that level and ask someone else that investment. You just won't get there. As much as you'd like to, until you first set the standard in your own life, by doing it, you won't hold somebody else to that standard. Yeah, you've got to go there first. You do. Yeah. Very much so. What I and I feel like I'm kind of harping on this, but what I what I get from you and your work is that you can have the the spiritual, the yes. you know, the freedom, all of that. And the money and the business yes. and the structure. You sure. know, I think so many people think it has to be one or the other. And I was sure. one of those people. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Money is spiritual. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah, you can have both. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think this is the, the hang-up. Money just makes you more of who you are. Yes. Money just accelerates you giving more, sharing more, being more. Money has only made me turn up at a better level. So the reason I want money is so I can help more people. So when I see people suffering, I'm like, I need to make more money because I want to help these people. Yeah. Like, especially when I go to places like uh, Cambodia where they've had so much suffering or Vietnam, like I, because it's, I feel heavy in those places until I give I feel heavy, like I want to give. But I know if I'm not on purpose doing what I need to do with others um, and asking for the money so I can give the money and share the share with, with, with other people, it, I know that I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. So I want to constantly be increasing my standards for money so I can be constantly giving more instead of less. Yeah. If you're the, the reason people don't have enough money is because they haven't set a high enough standard yes. of money. Yes. Yeah. And when I say money is spiritual, money is just a reflection of the value you have given to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So in, when I have money, I'm like, ah, I've done a great job for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and I know when the money's drying up, yeah. I go, oh, I haven't added enough value yeah. to the marketplace. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, same for me. I know, yeah. I know when I'm experiencing that, um, I guess, feeling of scarcity, it's yes. like, well, i got to step it the fuck up. Yes, you know? absolutely. i got to get back out there and play a bigger game. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it, it is. It's like, how can I play a bigger game and receive more money so I can share it with more people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, you said something there about that, you know, it's it's just an extension of self, really. Yeah. Like money just makes you more of who you are. Yes. And I think business is the same. Yes. And again, I think I said it earlier that your internal world is reflected through your external world yeah. and vice versa. So when you're... When your money and your business grows, mm-hmm. it's a clear indication that you've created a bigger capacity within. That's right. And vice versa. Absolutely. That capacity is what we're really talking about yeah. here. Yeah. How do you become a person that's whole, yeah. of great capacity, yes. so you can bring it in? Yeah. But when you bring it in, it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Because what happens is, say if you make a 10, 20, 50K sale, and you feel comfortable, and you, what you're really saying is, oh, it's sort of beyond my capacity, so that's why I'm I'm comfortable, so I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to stop serving. Mm -hmm. And every time you go back into this retreat mode of comfort, Mm -hmm. you end up losing ground. Mm -hmm. And you almost, you don't start right at the very beginning, but you start to start close to the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I've found that, what I've found is, when you receive money and you have structure for places for it to go, like investment, charity, friends, family, wherever it may be, it opens me up for more money. Because I never want to sit on too much money. Yeah. Because I, I consistently want to have it working for me in other different locations. But money, as we said, it's just an extension of self. It fuels who you are. The same with marketing. So if you, if you learn marketing and you have poor values, poor standards, poor boundaries, that's just going to speed up the pace of someone finding out that you're a fucking fraud and you're not worth following. Yeah. The challenge is you haven't grown as a leader yet with that steadfast foundation. But once you get that, and someone calls you a fraud, you're like, fuck you. Mm. Or you say nothing at all. Whatever your thing is in that moment, it doesn't matter, but it doesn't affect you when you don't retreat. Um, And like I said, it's much more powerful having that foundation and setting up the tactics on top of that. Yeah. I'm curious to get your perspective, so I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but I um, I had a friendly debate recently around... Um, you know, the, the billionaires of the world yeah. that uh, basically it was worded that the, the billionaires of the world, there should be a certain point where uh, any income over a certain amount gets taxed, that no one needs to have billions to their name. Okay. And my perspective was that, well, the Richard Branses of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, uh, Elon Musk, sure. they're out there creating huge change and huge impact sure. in the world. And they're able to do that because they know they have the safety net of the money there. So they can play a huge game because they know if it all crashes and burns, they've got that safety net. So what's your perspective? So from a political perspective, um, what they're saying would be very detrimental to the whole economy. Um, Yes. 
Um, in saying that, I, I, I agree with what you say, but I'd also say, in, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg said this recently, is there are no billionaires in the world. The reason being is they don't fucking spend their money on themselves. Ooh, yeah. 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 They spend their monies on their missions, on um, people and on society to to bring us into better places. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd say that they, for them, their whole goal, the reason they became billionaires is because they focus on service mm-hmm. and pushing humanity to greater levels, like you said, the Musks, the Bransons of the world, um, they're not billionaires. Yeah. 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 It goes so much bigger than them, right? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. They don't, They can't spend the money on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. yeah. Interesting perspective. Yes. I knew you'd bring something cool to the table there. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. I want to wrap it up on this question um, because you said something to me on our call, our very first call sure. around money because that was a massive block for me that just like hit it home for me. Um, for someone who is in a place where they're really struggling with money, what advice would you give them? No longer struggle. Make the decision to no longer struggle. Sounds fucking simple, right? Yeah. That's right. I think your wording on the phone was brief. Stop making it so heavy. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I think, I think you called me out on the shift in the energy. Yes. And, Great. Uh, yeah. Very nice. And I'd also say you're worth mm-hmm. paying the money. When somebody says to me, Jack, but you're too expensive, my usual response would be, you're worth full price. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Social media, where can everyone find you? Uh, My Instagram's best, and it's at Mr. Jack Murray. Beautiful. Anything else you want to share before we... Uh, The book, uh, grab. if this conversation was inspiring for you, um, and you found value in it, the book is your best place to learn more and to join the conversation. Um, grab a copy. Right now I'm giving away copies if you cover the postage and handling um, at jackmurraybook.com. I'll send you a book. Um, have a read, and um, I hope and trust it's as valuable and as profitable to you as it has been for me and my clients. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're a superstar. You too. As always, ladies and gentlemen, inviting you to follow along with my social media. And it feels especially special to share these links given the background history with Jack Murray. But inviting you, if you want to check out my coaching work through the Live Free Movement, you can do so by searching the Live Free Movement on both Instagram and Facebook. If you want to check out our educational platform for athletes, entertainers, entrepreneurs and influencers who are ready to learn the things they didn't know that they didn't know in terms of marketing, in terms of legalities, in terms of gaining sponsorships, you name it, in terms of monetizing their potential, in terms of monetizing their vision, in terms of creating a financially viable dream life you can check out www.thelivefreeacademy.com.au or The Live Free Academy on both Facebook and Instagram. And finally, if you want to check out The Live Free Experiences social media, you can do so by searching The Live Free Experience on both Facebook and Instagram. Or if you feel pulled to check out more of my personal journey, you can do so by searching Brianna Bowley 
on Instagram and Facebook. That is spelt B-R-I-A-N-A, B-O-W-L-E-Y. Or if you're super lazy like me, feel free to just jump over to the podcast description because I always pop the links in there and it's just a simple matter of clicking through um, and you'll be taken through to the relevant social media platform. So there's another episode of the Live Free Experience down the hatch. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you feel called to, if you've taken something away from today's episode, um, drop in, send me some feedback, give us a rating on iTunes, you know the drill, share it with your friends Send us some love. We're real people back here and we want to know we're making an impact. And until next time, what else is possible?